friend. This is Deeper Life, and I'm your host, Alexis Tykemiller. I'm a writer, content creator, and a woman on a journey to finding more depth in life. If you crave soul-filling conversations and long for a stronger connection to yourself and others, consider this your safe haven. It can be hard to embrace who we are, let alone share that with the rest of the world. The Deeper Life Podcast is a safe place to show up and hear conversations about relationships, emotional growth, and explore what it means to be vulnerable. If you're ready to dig deeper, I'm here to help you embrace who you are, reflect on your past, and connect with yourself. Welcome to A Deeper Life. friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Deeper Life Podcast. I am your host, Alexis Teichmiller. I am so grateful that you're here. I am really excited to be recording this episode. I have my phone on airplane mode. I have my notes pulled up. I've got my water glass full. This is going to be a really solid episode about risk and change and feeling worthy enough to take risks. So this is a pretty like hefty episode, but I promise it'll be fun with lots of stories of all the big risks I've taken in my life, the good things, the bad things that came from them. And then also I'll have some journaling questions at the end of this episode to help you dig into some risks that you could be taking, some changes that you might want to make. And then I'll also be talking about this really exciting big risk that I'm about to take. And I'll be the biggest risk I've probably taken in in years. Um, I'll be sharing that at the end of the episode. So not to like totally clickbait. I don't know what the audio version of clickbait is, but I'm audio clickbaiting you to to, uh, listen to the end of the episode as I'm sharing something I am launching in June. It's a big risk, very excited. And I'll share more details with you um, at the end of this episode. Okay. So if you're really vibing with this episode, either right now or throughout the episode, just go ahead and screenshot that podcast player, jump over to Instagram stories and tag me in the fact that you're listening to the episode. I love connecting with you guys on Instagram and hearing what you're learning, hearing what resonates with you and just honestly going deeper in conversation with you. You know, um, I don't always get to know who my listeners are. So one of my favorite ways to do that is to connect with you over on Instagram. And my Instagram handle is Alexis Tykemiller. And then if you haven't yet, uh, or if you have left a review already, first off, thank you so much. It's helped the podcast get ranked as one of the top 100 relationship podcasts in uh, the United States, Ireland, and the Philippines, which is just crazy. So thank you for those of you that have rated the podcast, left reviews, because it really does help with the ranking of the show and just allow this podcast to show up on more feeds so that more people can listen to it, which is like the whole point. Um, okay, let's dive in. Risk. Meh. You know, risks are scary. When you're making big choices, you are following that intuition that maybe you need to do something and it feels risky and you're assessing all of the good potential outcomes, all of the maybe even bad potential outcomes. And I kind of wanted to walk you through almost like a chronological view of my life and all of the crazy risks that I've taken, some crazier than others, and talk through what I learned from those risks and then what that really taught me about my character, my personality. And a big piece of this conversation is also the worth that you attach to a risk. So something that I realized, and something we can dig in 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 a little bit, something that I realized about myself was that 
there have been seasons of my life where I did not feel worthy enough to take big chances because I felt like, nah, I don't really feel like I'm worth it. I, I don't feel like I'm worth betting on. Like I don't want to throw in all my chips and take a big risk because I don't feel like I'm worth it. And I don't feel that way now, but I've definitely been in seasons where I have felt like that. And I think that's something that we can explore and I would encourage you to explore is in, in opportunities where you could have taken a big risk or made a big life change, what was that internal voice telling you about if you were worth it or not? You know, and I think that a lot of the reasons why we don't jump with both feet in and take risks and make big changes in our lives that we really want to is because we're not sold out on us. We're not sold out on, yeah, I'm worth it. This feels, this is like, this is what I want. I'm going after it. And not only does it align with who I am and where I want my life to go, but I know that I'm worth taking a risk on. And I didn't really realize that until the last couple of months where I've been really unfolding what the deeper life looks like. And even in my own side hustle now, and as I'm building out different projects and building out different frameworks for the deeper life, what does that look like? This feels risky and it's scary. And yeah, so let's take it, let's take it back before we even talk about that. Let's take it back to eight-year-old Alexis. So let me just like paint a picture for eight-year-old Alexis for you. I, first off, my teeth were like jack-o'-lantern teeth. That's actually what the orthodontist told me. Not very kind, but he wasn't wrong. <laughs> so whenever I was five, I was swinging as a you know five-year-old does in my parents' backyard on a swing set. And like also any five-year-old thinks, I thought I could fly. So you know when you're going so fast on a swing that the velocity of your movement when you are all the way forward and then you you swing back, the straps or chains almost like buckle from the velocity. That's how fast and high I was swinging. And I thought I could fly. So I jumped out. Um, I was on the very upswing of the swing and I jumped out and I like, I'm not even kidding, like full force, like superwoman with my arms out, flew out. And I unfortunately found out that day that I cannot fly. That was one risk that uh, wasn't worth taking to me. <laughs> to be honest with you, because what happened is I did a front flip. I landed face first in the ground, um, in the hard earth. And I used my hands, both of my hands to break my fall. So I did a full front front flip, came back down and landed on my face and used my, my hands to break my fall, broke both of my wrists, like snapped both of my wrists. And uh, funnily enough, three weeks later, we were supposed to go on a big trip to Disney for the very first time. And here I am, this five-year-old with two casts because I broke both of my arms at the same time. I mean, hey, when I go all in, I'm all in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why break one arm when you can break two? So, uh, but the, the point of this story is that I landed on my face. So it pushed my my teeth way, way, way back. So, um my teeth were all jacked up, eight-year-old Alexis. Short, black hair, middle part with barrettes on both sides, like rocking some sort of justice 
I'm sure the old Justice uh, clothing store for any of you guys that used to shop there or something from JCPenney. Who knows? Um, And I went to a really, really, really small school in Southern Illinois. My graduating class was 26 kids. So uh, needless to say, my you know, whenever I was eight and I was in third grade, I think my class was like 14. You know, there were two classes in your third grade year. And in my class, there were about 14-ish kids. And I started getting all these CDs from my parents. Like they would buy, this is back in like the prime of CDs. You know, people would actually sell CD albums and now everything's on Spotify. But what I would do, this is my very first business. So this was the very first big risk I remember like really crisply remember taking is I figured out how to burn CDs. So what burning CDs is, if you aren't familiar with that, you're just copying a CD. So you're uploading a CD and all of its contents and all the songs onto your computer, and then you're dumping them in the computer, you're putting in a blank disc, and then you're copying all the songs and you are rewriting them onto the new blank disc. So what I would do is I would take my parents' and my brother's CDs and I would burn them, make copies of them, and then I would sell them at school, which is illegal on multiple counts. Um, I think enough time has passed that I feel comfortable sharing this. (laughs) But um, I remember selling them for about 25 or 50 cents, depending on how popular. Like I remember Shania Twain was a 50 cent pop for sure. Uh, same with Britney Spears and Sync, you know. And then I think like 98 Degrees and F- S Club 7 was like a 25 cent pop. But I would use the money to pay for candy at concessions at, you know, ball games and things like that until I got caught. And they were like, Alexis, you really you can't be selling uh, copied product. This is one, you can't really sell anything at school because you're a student. And you also, <laughs> this is illegal. So my teacher put the kibosh on that. So that was the very first risk I ever took. Well, let's fast forward to I was 17 years old. So this is another like bigger risk that I can remember taking. Um, And I think a common thread that you will probably learn through this episode and even as, you know, we get to know each other more on the podcast is that I, I like being creative. I like seeing gaps and I like filling them. I like to see opportunity outside of maybe what's even in front of me. And whenever I was 17, I was, not to get too in the weeds on this, but I was a part of this entrepreneurial group called uh, CEO, which stood for Creating Entrepreneurial Opportunities. And it was a countywide class. I took it every single day of my senior year uh, from 7.30 to 9 in the morning. And we would go to see guest speakers and we would have, or no, sorry, we would have guest speakers in the class. And then we would also go on tours of businesses all over our county. And there were six schools in the county. So there was kids that applied and got in from all different school districts. And um, the main basis of the whole class was to teach young kids how to be entrepreneurs. And that was my first like oh, you mean people actually like can go out here and start their own business? Like I, my first time really seeing that for what it was. And at the end of the class, at the end of the year long class, each student had to create their own business. And there was a trade show that the whole county, I think at our trade show, there was about a thousand people that showed up to go through our trade show. And in each of each of the students had booths and we set up a booth and, you know, it was like this whole experience. So that was in May. 
let's let's jump back to February of my senior year of co- of high school and I'm supposed to be, you know, launching a business and putting together a trade show booth in 3 months and your girl doesn't have a business yet. Like I was overthinking it, like classic overthinking it. And I sat down with my mentor who also taught the class. His name was Craig Linval and um he said, "Alexis, what are you passionate about?" And I said, "Well, I love to read and write." And he said, "Okay, why don't you write a book? And I remember looking at him like, wow, you're an adult. You know, like you're 17 and you, you look at people that are, you know, decades older than you and you're like, yeah, you're an adult and you, you think that I, me, that I can write a book? Like, okay. And that conversation gave me all the confidence in the world to take a risk and write my first book at 17. And it was called Investing in Human Capital, which is hilarious. But it was all about, it's kind of funny now, it was all about connection. It was all about the relationships that I had built through the CEO class and what I learned as a 17-year-old about entrepreneurship, which is funny now that I have a podcast on relationships and connection. So it's kind of full circle. But I remember that being a really big risk. I didn't know what it looked like to write a book. I didn't know what it looked like to get a book printed. Do I get it published? Do I self-publish? You know, what kind of stitching? Do I want saddle stitching? Do I want a staple? Like everything down to the cover of the book. This was, that was a huge risk. I had no idea what I was doing and I just used the internet and figured it out like most of us do with life. (laughs) But that was a really big risk. And the reward out of that was I didn't even realize it at the time, but I then spent the the next four years of my life in college using that book as an example to other counties all over the U.S. of what the CEO program was doing for, you know, the, the youth of America. And they used that book as an example of the products that could come out of the program and I actually, that's how I got some of my very first speaking gigs. And I'm telling you all this origin story because like some, some risks in my life came to me naturally and some of them fell in my lap and I had to decide whether it was going to be a yes or a no. And these, these were all yeses for me. And so I think a big, a big aspect of risk taking and going after something that seems really scary is that you don't always know what it looks like on the other side. Whenever I wrote that book at 17, had it printed and went through the whole process, got an editor, I had no idea that that was actually going to lead to the next four years of my life traveling the Midwest and speaking to different counties and economic boards about entrepreneurship, like youth entrepreneurship on behalf of the CEO program, which then allowed me to like sharpen my skills as a speaker and pitch myself as a speaker at different conferences because I had that experience. And so even just some of the risks that you are thinking of taking right now, you will truly not know what is going to be on the other side of that, maybe for years to come, my friend. Like, And that's something that we have to be okay with. Sometimes we don't always get the ex- like the exact gratification of taking a big risk. Um, sometimes it gets shut down like my CD burning business. <laughs> and sometimes you feel the success of a risk for years after you take it. So let's jump forward to starting my first like real, real business. Like the book was great and I, 
I remember selling, um, I don't know, I think I sold around maybe like 300 or 400 copies at this live trade show, which is just crazy that people wanted to buy a book from a 17-year-old. I think that's pretty cool. Um, But that gave me a huge confidence boost in general, the fact that like I could create something that people would be interested in in consuming. That was my first time experiencing that. So let's fast forward to me being a sophomore sophomore in college. So 20-year-old Alexis, Um, This was seven years ago. I'm 27 now. So seven years ago, in between my sophomore year and my junior year of college, I was bored. And I think that it's really difficult when you're in college. And I don't want to go on a huge tangent about college. I think college is amazing. And it is a privilege to go to college. I also think that depending on what career path you are taking, you don't necessarily have to go to college to um to be successful anymore but that's a whole other conversation very thankful i went to college but now even thinking that um i know ceos and business owners that went to like a year of college and ended up dropping out because it wasn't for them and they were able to focus more on their business so i don't think that it's necessarily for everyone uh but it really helped me and it helped me build great connections and i learned a lot however you know, classes can only get you so far. And so I wanted to take what I was learning in my marketing classes, in my creative nonfiction writing classes, and I wanted to turn it into a business, which of course, like planting a seed of the CEO program I was in my senior year of high school, it does make sense that I would later go on to start something else, but I had no idea what that would be. And again, going back to seeing a gap, I decided that I'm again from a really small town in Southern Illinois where I think the only places to shop were like Kohl's, Walmart, and a Maurice's, if you're familiar with Maurice's. All fine clothing options, nothing wrong with them at all, but it was really difficult to find unique items. And this was kind of before, again, this was seven years ago. This was kind of before all the online boutiques like really, really took off. And I wanted to find a way to bring unique fashion to my area, to my small town, because I went to college 30 minutes away from my hometown. So it was, it was pretty easy to, to come back home. So with this new business, I decided that I wanted to get my business license in Illinois. Again, huge risk. I borrowed $2,000 from my grandma, which felt like $200,000 at the time. Like, oh my gosh, I'm borrowing money from my grandma. Like, you're really usually not supposed to borrow money from family to start a business, but here I am. I'm doing it anyways. I was actually able to pay her back in less than two months, which is crazy. But what I did is I got my business license and I got my wholesaler's license and I started a clothing business called AT Avenue and AT, Alexis Teichmiller, and Avenue because it was a traveling trunk show business. I didn't have enough money to open up a brick and mortar store, but I did, I had been to like pampered chef shows and I knew what those, what that business model looked like. And I said, what if I could be a unique boutique that would go to women's homes, they would have all their friends over and I would provide um, all the clothing and it would be this really fun, empowering experience where you're shopping with all of your girlfriends in the comfort of your home. Granted, I'm 20 years old. This is not a scalable model. (laughs) This was not a scalable business model at all, but it taught me so much, my friends, about women. It taught me a lot about how we view our bodies, about our self-talk. I think a lot of times I thought 
I was the only one that felt that way about myself. And when you're in, you know, someone's bathroom helping style a woman for a date night or a class reunion, and something that's important to to mention here is that my clientele were about 20 years older than me. So they were in in between like that 35 and 50 age range were the women that were booking these trunk shows with me and having all their friends over. And so I was getting this inside look of how women talked and how they felt about themselves and their confidence and their insecurities and and where they felt really good and where they felt not so good. And it was a really unique opportunity for me to be a voice in their life of telling them that they were beautiful and telling them that they were strong. And I was like, I had no idea that it was going to teach me that. And that was probably one of the biggest things I walked away from was this really, this gift of loving my body. And I'm still on that journey. It's a whole other conversation. But it showed me what it could look like if I didn't learn to love my body right now at 20. I wasn't going to love my body at 50. And I learned a lot about business too. I don't I don't necessarily want to get a ton in the weeds on that. But from the psychological aspect, I mean, I was not partying in college. I was focused on running my business. I was focused on trying to be profitable and trying to book as many trunk shows as possible. I did a booking a trunk show with a sorority in Indiana and we got together and we actually for their philanthropy group, we put on a fashion show and all the girls wore my clothes and there was a fee to get into the fashion show and all the money from the entrance fee plus some of the percentage of what people bought at the, the trunk show went towards their philanthropy. And so I was just so focused on that, that I also feel like I took things so seriously. This is on the other side of risk is when you have a lot of money involved and an ego involved. (laughs) I'm a recovering egomaniac, uh, like really cared about what people thought about me and wanted to be successful, wanted to be this like young, you know, successful woman in business. And I was like so hung up on that. And I let a lot of that seriousness and that desire to be important and that desire to be successful sometimes get in the way, not sometimes, it did get in the way of just also enjoying being a 21-year-old. And so I think this is where that balance comes in, that integration of like, yes, our dreams are important. And yes, living life and enjoying the small things are also important. And it's not one or the other, it's yes and. And it comes down to the, the choice of deciding okay, yes, this is important and this is also important. And so I started that business, ran that for almost three years. And at that point I was, at, I was all, you know, I was graduating college and I thought about actually investing in a brick and mortar business in my small town area. And I had the opportunity to either stay in small town, Illinois which I love and where I am born and raised, it's where all my roots are. I love it. I'm not saying this with like any um, resentment at all. Or I had a job offer in Nashville and risk number four, (laughs) 22 years old, trying to decide whether or not I wanted to take this profitable business full time 
and just go right out of college into being a full-time entrepreneur or if I wanted to move to Nashville and work as a marketing assistant for a New York Times bestselling author, international keynote speaker, and run his podcast, his blog, and all of his email marketing campaigns and live in the city of my dreams. And I, again, huge risk, didn't really know anybody in Nashville at all. But it was this dream. I was following this intuition, this gut feeling. And how often do we ignore our gut? Like, I think that building up your intuition takes practice. It takes trusting yourself. It takes recognizing that, hey, hey, yeah, you, I'm talking to myself right now. This is where you need to go. And it's like this internal tug towards the right direction or the direction that you you like internally intrinsically feel like you need to be heading in but sometimes it doesn't always make sense and so that's another big piece of risks is sometimes they don't really make sense to everyone else they're like you already have a successful clothing business why wouldn't you just stay here and build a brick and mortar business and like take this full time why would you move to where you don't know anyone and start a job in marketing And the thing is, is like, you don't have to explain your choices to anybody. Like, granted, you know, if you're married or you have children, like your choices, of course, impact other people. Um, But at this point, I was single. And so I was like, I don't really need to explain my choices to anybody. This is what actually feels right. This feels so right. I must do this. And it was, it became of a should I to I must. I must do this. This is what I must do to like, fulfill this dream. So I moved to Nashville. And a couple months later after moving to Nashville, I ended up closing down AT Avenue. You know, it was really difficult to run a clothing business in a city I didn't really know anybody, plus being a full-time, you know, marketing assistant first job out of college. So I ended up selling off my existing inventory, didn't take a loss in the business. Everything actually ended up being pretty good, didn't lose any money. Um didn't come out like making a ton of money. But it was still, I don't know, sometimes whenever you're young, just the experience of something is more than making thousands and thousands of dollars. And for me, the experience of running that business was worth it for me. But once I moved to Nashville, I knew that I had taken a risk because I didn't, I didn't know anybody, y'all. Like, have, have any of you ever moved to a city or started fresh, started over somewhere, new job, new city, whatever the circumstances were. And it's lonely. It's really, really lonely trying to find your footing again. And also asking yourself, who do I want to be in this new place? I actually used to be known and still am in my small town and where I'm from is everyone called me Lexi. And when I moved to Nashville, it was this conscious decision of like, I think I want to actually be Alexis. And I got to decide how I wanted to show up. I got to decide, you know, what parts of my life I wanted to bring with me into this new change. And I think that that's very true for every big change we make. And even coming out of quarantine, it's like how I went into quarantine and how I'm coming out of quarantine are two different people. I almost used quarantine as a time to audit my life. What's working for me? What's not working for me? What's bringing me joy? What's what's like contributing to a negative mental health, you know, systemic feelings? And now I feel like I am on the other side of that. And it's like, who do I want to be now? I'm on the other side of this big change that happened to all of us. 
Um, but even on the even on the occurrence of risks that you're taking, who do you want to be on the other side of that? And I decided I wanted to be kinder and I wanted to not gossip about people and I wanted to mind my own business and I wanted to laugh more and I wanted to not take things so seriously. And it was like this, as soon as I asked asked myself, who do I want to be on the other side of this big move, this big transition, all those thoughts flooded into my mind. It was like my subconscious could finally take a breath and be like, oh, I've been waiting for you to ask me how you, you know, how you're ready to change. Here's a list of some things I think could make your life better. And it wasn't this shamey, you know, I'm bad. I need to change everything about my life. I'm the worst. It was more of like, what would it look like if I approached this with a fresh pair of eyes? And I decided that I could act and behave and be whoever I wanted to be. Who would that be? What feels the most in alignment with my character and my values? Oh, okay. Yeah this makes sense. And so it's like that active choice of choosing who you want to be on the other side of something. And then whenever I was in Nashville, started doing travel blogging, got a new job. And I do feel like in the last couple of years though, and I also I also know like your brain development in terms of, of your mid-20s that whenever you turn 25, there is this part of your brain that develops to a point where you are you are more risk averse after you turn 25. And there's a lot of science and studies behind this age and what happens to you in your brain when it comes to risk. And I honestly feel like whenever I turned 25, that really did kind of flip the script on me. And I have historically made a lot of big changes in my life. And now I feel like I'm so scared of risk and I'm scared of change. And I want to control it. And I want to feel comfortable and I want to feel like everything's okay. And what's the easiest way to make sure everything's okay? To make sure everything stays the same. And that has hindered me in the last couple of years from growing into the person that I know that I want to be, that I can be, and that I'm becoming right now. And again, I'm not saying this to shame myself or make myself feel bad, But it is important for us to be really connected with, hey, are we becoming who we want to become? Are our actions in alignment with our values? Um, If we could decide that we wanted to change something in our lives right now, what would that be? And just kind of having that ongoing conversation with yourself when it comes to change and risk. And so then when something does come up, it's not as scary. It's like, oh yeah, girlfriend, we do talk about this a lot. We 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 talk through what this could look like and we have these kind of conversations and this is me talking to myself because I talk to myself a lot. Um, and I feel like that's healthy, but if anyone, you know, says otherwise, hit me up. I'd love to, I'd love to know maybe that's an unhealthy trait, but it helps me process things. So a big thing about the risk taking, especially in the last two years, and coming back full circle to the beginning of the episode is like, am I worth it? Am I worth taking big risks on? And the answer is yes. But something over the past couple of years for me kept bringing me farther and farther back from that baseline of like, yes, girl, you are worth it. Yes, you are worth taking risks on. Yes, you are worth going all in on. And it was almost like that baseline, I was just like taking a step back farther and farther and farther away from that kind of dialogue. And now my inner narrative, not right now, but my inner narrative became, 
why would you ever want to change anything? You can control your circumstances right now. If you change anything, you can't control it. Um, you're not worth taking big risks on. You're too young. You're too old. You're not smart enough. You don't have enough experience. You don't have the degree. You don't have the right degree. And there are all these things that come into play when you're taking a risk or making a big change in your life that get in the way. And I mean, I've even had people tell me those things. Like I will tell someone a big dream and I've literally had someone be like, you're too young to talk about that. Or I understand that that's what that's maybe the direction that you want to head in, but I just feel like you need to wait 10 years to do it. And as much as like, I, I recognize their point of view because I am respective to a lot of people's feedback. I think feedback is one of the most valuable things that you can allow into your life without, uh, being, and this is something I had to learn the hard way is not being defensive when feedback comes up because I, am very defensive (laughs) and I've learned over time to continually ask for feedback because that's how I improve as a person. But even though they were giving me good feedback, I didn't have to, I did not have to believe it. Like, yeah, maybe from their perspective, that's what they felt was right, but that doesn't mean that that's what's right for me. And you can take things in and you can decide and sort out what's for you and what's not for you. And so now taking big risks feels like going all in on the deeper life and teaching people about vulnerability and waving the flag of self-connection and self-love and getting deeper with that though. Like, yes, I want you to love yourself and I want you to feel connected, but also what parts of your past do you need to heal? What parts of your past self do you have to reconcile with? There have been a lot of seasons in my life where I've had to forgive myself for who I was in those moments or relationships that I damaged because of my behavior or because of things I said or what I left unsaid. And that's a big part of being really connected to yourself is really doing that ground soul work of getting deep into who you are, all the good and sometimes the bad, and that honesty, and that empathy, and that healing, and the forgiving, that is true like self-connection. You are so connected to self that you recognize all aspects of self. And that can be really scary. Nah. <laughs> that can be like so freaking scary. And it's intimidating, and it's vulnerable, and it kind of makes you want to throw up a little bit. But like, wow, it is so worth it. And I am on this journey right now. I am not fully on the other side of it. I don't think I ever really will be. It is an evolutionary action, but it is like once you start it and you start digging into that, the layers that you're able to peel back on yourself and your behavior and the way you respond to things, your reaction, um, how you get things done, the way you dream, it's all connected. And that feels like the best kind of work I could ever be doing in this world is to help people feel more connected to themselves. Because over the past couple of years of me really like focusing inward to heal, to forgive, to let go, and to recognize and assess who I am and to have that like true awareness, I can then go be more connected with other people. And I feel like my relationships are richer and deeper and they're just so much more full of life and like that connection. 
And I did not have that before because I was not plugged into myself. And it's really hard to plug into other people and expect them to make you feel like you're okay, like everything in your life, like you're on the right path. And I was just always seeking for that external affirmation. And it was like, no, baby girl, you got to get that from yourself. Like you get that affirmation from yourself. And that is an ongoing practice, something I am <laughs> like, even to this day, my friends, I am still practicing it. But it's the act of the practice that I'm like proud, you know? And if you are in a place where you're exploring these questions and you're going deeper with yourself, I'm proud of you. Even if someone won't tell you that, I am proud of you for doing the work. Like round of applause, seriously, it is hard. And I think that's something that I never want to do is paint a picture like having a deeper life is not hard because it is. It takes a lot of work. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit emotional. Um, It takes a lot of work and it is something that is so beautiful and feels so fulfilling when you get to the point where you're not judging yourself. You're just loving yourself where you are and recognizing what that means, good, neutral, and bad. And you're moving forward every day. And every day you're letting things go. And every day you're letting things in. And you're deciding what's for you and what isn't. So, whew. Okay. (laughs) So I've loved talking about risk with y'all. I hoped that you found pieces of yourself in some of the risky stories I told about starting businesses, selling illegal CDs, um, moving, you know, whatever it might be for you. So I have some journal questions I wanted to end this episode with, and then I'll end it end it with uh, one of the big risks that I'm taking right now and, and share with you a, a little bit more about that. So some journaling questions for you, and I'll also write these in the show notes for you as well in case you, know, you don't want to write them out uh, from the podcast. You can just copy and paste them from the show notes. So the first question is, think back to moments when you were taking chances or risks. When were they? Why did you take them? And how did you feel? The second question is, what is something that you know you need to change or take a big risk in your life right now? The third question is, what are three things keeping you from going for it? And the reason I put three here is because I always feel like there's more than one reason. Like there's always more than one reason as to why you aren't taking that that risk or making that big change for your life. So I want you to really think about all the different factors that are really keeping you from, from taking that big change or making that big risk. The fourth question is, I want you to just freehand journal what life could look like if you made that change or took that risk. And so that's not really a question, but I want you to just kind of freehand um, as many sentences as you want and think through what life could look like if you actually did that did that big risk. And then the fifth question is, what's one thing you can do in the next 24 hours to work towards that change or towards that big risk? So I hope those journaling questions are helpful and kind of like allow you to go deeper from this episode. You know, I feel like each solo cast will be honestly like it is right now, telling stories, sharing what I'm learning sharing what I've learned from the past. 
and then allow you to dig deeper into what you're learning and where you're going. Because that's the whole point of this episode. This is definitely not just for me. This is for you and I together and really focusing on your emotional growth. So the big risk that I'm taking is I am launching a live course. No, <laughs> um, This is the very first time I've ever launched a anything in conjunction with The Deeper Life. So it's actually called The Deeper Life Awareness Course. And it's a four-week live experience to a stronger self-connection. And it's going to be run June 1st through June 30th. So it's a month-long experience. And in the four-week virtual live experience, you'll learn how to embrace who you are, identify defining moments in your life that hinder your emotional growth, reconcile with your past self, and own your current narrative so that you can move forward to a more fulfilling and connected life. I am over the moon excited about this uh, four-week live experience. It's something that I have dreamt of doing for a really long time. And it's kind of like taking the podcast and turning it into a live experience. And I did want to let you know a little bit more about the structure of the live course. So it'll be four live workshops. I'll be going live every single Tuesday for an hour, working through my deeper life framework and really digging into, into the core lessons of, of the deeper life. And that will also be accompanied by four worksheets that will go along. And I kind of like homework, but I like to call it soul work. So four soul work worksheets that will accompany the live workshops that you can go through with me as you're going through the live uh, workshop or do on your own time. And then I'll also have a private Facebook group. Um, and I'm only, I'm actually limiting this to 20 people, y'all. So I wanted to create a really intimate environment for this very first live course because I know this is something I'm going to do again and again and again, but I wanted this first experience to be really intimate. And so we'll be doing a private Facebook group where I'll be checking in with everybody every other day. And I'll also be putting in questions and journal prompts and activities throughout the week to accompany each core lesson that I'll be teaching on Tuesday. So I started promoting this this week on Instagram already. A few spots have already sold. And if you are interested and want to learn more, you can go to deeperlifecourse.com. And I'll also put that on the show notes for you so you can easily access that as well. But yeah, let me know if you're interested or if you have any questions at all. You can email me at alexisteichmiller at gmail.com or you can just send me a DM at Alexis Tykemiller. I have been having so many conversations with people that are interested in taking it who have additional questions. So would love to answer anything that you have in your mind. And yeah, if, if you're like, I want to learn more or are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? I am your girl. Like I am so accessible. Please let me know if you have any questions. But I feel like there are so many people who are hungry to go deeper and hungry for that self-connection and that this is the whole point of this deeper life live course is to help you go deeper with yourself and give you the awareness of what you need moving forward and, and the aspects of your life that you want to change and then how to actually make those big changes. Woo! We did it, friends. What a good episode. I feel like so on fire right now and my, my cup of water is gone. You've stayed with me to this end. Thank you so much for being a part of the deeper life community. And Y'all, I just feel like we are about to just like change the world together. Like by being who we are, by 
giving the world our gifts, by showing up fully, by being unapologetically who we are. Like what a freaking gift you all are to me. And I'm just stoked. Like, oh, I've got some crazy energy. It's late at night. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this energy after recording this episode, but I'm just so thankful for you. And I have so much life breathing into this deeper life community and I am ready to go like all in with y'all. So uh, let me know if you have any questions about the deeper life awareness course. The cart does end on the last day of May. So it does start on June 1st. Um, so hopefully if you're interested, you're able to, um, make that decision within the next week or so. And again, I'm here. If you have any questions, my friend, all right, I will be back in your ears, uh, next week with a great new episode. And I'm just so thankful for you. And I hope you have a wonderful deep week. Hey!